0: welcome to unapologetic live i'm your host amal epinobi taylor's here as well hello i'm taylor's hype man every single time we open up the episode Uh, like an air horn (laughs) taylor taylor is here uh we all know that taylor keeps me in line and he comes together with really thought out commentary whereas i'm just like quick boom 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 shooting from the hip coming and everything
1: it scares me, though, because yours is still better, and so that's why I just shut up most of the time. <laughs>
0: Ah, stop it. Ah, stop it. Today, if you're reading the title of our show, we're going to be talking about Tucker Carlson and a scathing review that he's received from New York Times. Are we surprised? And we'll talk about why we think this is happening. Actually, go through the article itself. Talk about who is a bigger threat to our democracy into free speech? Is it the far left? Is it the far right? Is it both extremes on either sides of these political aisles? You let me know in the comments down below what you think before we get into the topics here today. But Taylor noticed this article, and of course, it's been circulating specifically on Twitter. Tucker Carlson, Tucker Carlson, Tucker Carlson. We know him as a host on Fox News, a big Fox News personality. In fact, the biggest with his show, Tucker Carlson Tonight. People tune in to Tucker because they want to hear his take. He is a commentator, so he looks at everything that's happening in the world, and he gives you his opinion. Isn't that a wonderful thing that we get to do in this country? It's something that I'm doing right now. Taylor's going to be doing it in a little bit. But... Uh, New York Times tweeted out this. Tucker Carlson has weaponized his viewers fears to create what may be the most racist show in the history of cable news. This is news to me. Uh, they also write the New York Times examination shows how intertwined his rise has been with the transformation of Fox News and U.S. conservatism in a second tweet. Uh, let me pull this up for you. The New York Times writes, Tucker Carlson, the host of the most watched show on primetime cable news, uses a simple narrative to instill fear in his viewers. To understand how he promotes extremist ideas and conspiracy theories, we analyzed 1,150 episodes. Here's what we found. Now, with the way that they set this up on Twitter and these short little quips that they're putting out about Tucker Carlson, I am expecting an in-depth analysis of really what this man stands for, what he has to say, and I actually want to see i want to see the data. How many episodes did he reference this? What did exactly did he talk about? What are his tactics? That's what I want to hear, and I have a feeling from the New York Times that it's not what we're going to get. I think we're going to get them just grasping at straws to find things that are wrong about what Tucker Carlson says, and I'm sure if they went and watched his show maybe two years ago, they would have labeled it as conspiracy theories. But the conspiracy theories of two years ago are now what, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, truth <laughs> that we can talk about on CNN and MSNBC and ABC openly while two years ago you were being censored, taken off the Internet and deplatformed for saying exactly what they're comfortable saying now. So when we talk about conspiracy theories and disinformation and misinformation, oh, whatever, whatever word you want to use in today's day and age, just think about that. It's only disinformation and misinformation and conspiracy for now. Give it a few years. Wait till they're comfortable in their lies and uh, wait till they're over the bulk of what they've done and they've already been able to push off accountability and then it'll become truth. So we can just wait this one out. But let's let's read this. The article is titled, What to Know About Tucker Carlson's Rise, okay? A Times examination of the host's career and singular influence at Fox News shows his trajectory traces the transformation of American conservatism itself. Now, there's one thing that I can get into with that. I do think American conservatism is changing and morphing. More so than ever because we are really stepping away from the caricature of what it means to be a conservative. It's no longer the evil capitalist white man, the boogeyman that hides underneath your bed and wants to stop you from being able to vote. (laughs) And uh, we're really stepping into this new era of conservatism where it's just normal everyday Americans who say you know what I'm fed up with wokeness I'm fed up with BS I'm fed up with you trying to indoctrinate my children and I want to lead a normal life and a normal life that represents what this country was founded on and the values that I was told this country was built upon but let's read more about Tucker here we go Night after night on Fox, Tucker Carlson weaponizes his viewers' fears and grievances to create what may be the most racist show in the history of cable news. It is also, by some measures, the most successful. You mean by the fact that he literally outdoes every other show on cable news? Only by some measures, the most successful. So, if we we truly live in a racist society, I guess this proves it, right? Because Tucker Carlson's apparently a racist and he's also the most successful show. Boom. A racist America. It was that simple. We can just stop reading the article right now let's see with singular influence reaching far beyond fox and the viewers who tune into his show mr carlson has filled the vacuum left by donald j trump is it really a new york times article if we don't hear the name trump in it probably not championing the former president's most ardent views and some of their most extreme views as fervently as he raced to to the defense of the january 6 rioters so has he sown doubt and suspicion about immigrants black lives matter protesters you mean rioters or covid19 vaccines let's break this down because there was a lot said in this whole paragraph I do think that Tucker Carlson and Donald J. Trump tend to represent uh, similar views, and they stay in the same vein when it comes to their political ideology and and the things that they think about America. Is that a crime? No. Because, in fact, half the country also is in that vein of thought and was also in line with what uh, Mr. Trump had to say about America and the state of affairs here. So. Are we going to try to make those things synonymous with being racist with being bigoted? You can try, as they tried time and time again while all of this was happening and Trump was on his rise to his presidency. You can try to to make those two things synonymous, but they are not. So they say that Tucker Carlson raced to the defense of the January 6th rioters, and we're not going to get into this too, too in-depth because we've, we did that in the previous episode. We talked about that on Everything's Gonna Be All White when we went through that Showtime special. You got my view on all of that. But... <laughs> It's a very it's a very strong word and something that I think was super convenient for the political left to be able to use and to come at and paint a picture of all conservatives based on what happened on January 6th. We won't talk about the security guards who open the doors, but <laughs> let's move on. He's also sown doubt and suspicion around immigrants. Oh, kind of rightful when you have hundreds of thousands of people nearly at this point coming up from your southern border and entering your country without being citizens. You know? I would be doubtful and suspicious about that happening in my country, too. And it is. And luckily, we have people like Tucker Carlson who are willing to come forth and tell us that this is all happening because no other mainstream media outlet or legacy media, as I like to call them, is going to highlight it and talk about it either. He's also sown doubt and suspicion for Black Lives Matter protesters. Okay. So you want to use rioters for January 6th, but you don't want to use rioters for Black Lives Matter. Let's compare the two. January 6th was one day. Black Lives Matter riots were months and months in our streets, burning down businesses, burning down police departments and precincts, uh, killing people. Over 20 people died in the Black Lives Matter riots, not mostly peaceful protests. Riots. So let's clear that up. So yes, I would be doubtful and suspicious of such a thing happening in my country as well. And lastly, COVID nineteen vaccines. Why would anybody doubt such a thing? <laughs> Why would anybody feel even an ounce of suspicion when you have billion dollar corporations making billions and billions more dollars off of your medical treatment while taking no accountability and no no uh, no legal. Structure for anything that happens to you and your body afterwards. Why would anybody be suspicious or doubtful of something like that? Okay, next paragraph. A New York Times examination of Mr. Carlson's career, including interviews with dozens of friends and former colleagues and an analysis of more than 100, 1,100 episodes of his Fox program, show how he has grown increasingly sympathetic to the nativist currents coursing through U.S. politics and how intertwined his rise has been with the transformations of his network and of American conservatism. Is it wrong to be sympathetic to nativist currents? Is it wrong to be first sympathetic to your fellow citizen in your country? This is just a question that I'm positing to you. You guys can answer it in the comments down below. I would love to know what your thoughts are on that. But I'm not seeing anything that's inherently wrong with that, especially when it comes to things like Black Lives Matter burning down billions and doing billions of dollars in damages, thousands, hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants entering this country in what could be a grand scheme to change the complete and utter voting demographics of our entire nation. I think there's room to be concerned about that. And the massive and quick shift in power that came along with this COVID-19 pandemic and all the different freedoms and civil liberties that were threatened to be taken away from you during that time, uh, two years of complete and utter suffering for what? You answer down below and let me know. So they're going to go through all the different talking points here. Years of talking points from the far right fringe. Last spring, Mr. Carlson caused an uproar when he promoted on air the notion of the Great Replacement, a racist conspiracy theory once relegated to the far right fringe that Western elites are importing obedient immigrant voters to disempower the native born. The Anti-Defamation League called for his firing, noting that such... I just sounded like a uh, like Tucker Wise. <laughs> <laughs> the anti-defamation league called for his firing <laughs> noting that such thinking had helped fuel a string of terrorist attacks okay wonderful wonderful things this is honestly a common thread that I see with people who are on the far left that your words caused people to commit violence therefore you should be fired no that's really not how the world works now if I say something like hey Go kill that guy over there and somebody goes and kills that guy. Probably not good. Then we can talk about me being fired. But if I say something like, I don't know, men are men and women are women, and somebody goes and leaves a hate comment on a trans creator's TikTok, as so recently happened, not my fault and not my problem, really. Really? Uh, as I will unapologetically say, not my problem. And the same can be said for this. Tucker Carlson can espouse his ideas, his opinion, his views on the air. And if somebody takes that and does something horrible in response to it or in the wake of it, that is not your problem. Unless you ask them directly to do such a thing, it's not your problem. Now, let's talk about this idea of the great replacement. Now, they, they say that this is a racist conspiracy theory that basically says... Quote, we are importing obedient immigrant voters to disempower the native-born. Now, let's break this down from the leftist perspective. What the leftists are saying is that, oh, look at these white conservatives who are so nervous and taken aback by people of color coming into this country because they want more white people to be born. That's their problem. Okay, far left view. Let's look at the right view on things. Maybe we're concerned that you are allowing Hundreds of thousands of undocumented people who you have no idea what their intentions are. And some of you, some of them have malicious intent and been caught in acts of malicious intent to enter this country. And then maybe that one of our political parties might go, hey, we got hundreds of thousands of people that we let into this country. Why not let them vote? Right. Because no human is illegal as you've heard from the political left. They are not uh, illegal aliens or illegal immigrants. They are undocumented migrants and undocumented persons. This is the view that has been espoused for years to come now, all in this growing campaign. For what exactly? Where does that campaign lead? Because now it's leading to our government letting these people in our country and saying, oh, just what's your name? Oh, it's john smith okay got it i wrote that down i'm not going to fingerprint you or get any other anything else from your your government information or any of that i really don't care come back in about 72 hours for your court date oh you didn't come back oh how did that happen oh well you want to go somewhere else in the country let me just call you a jet let me just uh get you a little caravan you want a greyhound bus yeah you want the amenities how about we how about we put a, put a bathroom in there for you as well? And then you can go wherever you want in this country. And why while we're at it, let's just allow you to use our healthcare system and why not why don't we just give you some money too? You know, amenities are expensive in the United States. Why not why not just fund The amount of illegal immigration, an unprecedented amount of illegal immigration into this country. Why would someone do that? Now, you can argue that it's because people want to follow their dreams and dreams are to be found in America. But the left doesn't think that. The left thinks we live in a systemically racist country that has nothing to offer anybody. So it's not for dreams and wishes and hopes and fleeing of other countries. So what is it for? Because we saw New York run this campaign about letting undocumented people vote in elections. And who do you think they'd be voting for? If I was allowed into this country by, uh, I won't even talk about who's currently sitting up there. But you guys know who he is. You haven't heard him make a coherent sentence in a while, but you know who he is. And if I was led into a country by that person, guess who I would vote for? Or at least somebody on his side, because that's the person who gave me my American dream, who allowed me into the country and told me that I wasn't illegal and that I'm in fact a citizen (laughs) and that really it's not illegal. It's undocumented. So this idea that this great replacement is founded in some sort of idea of racism or white supremacy is just that. It's an unfounded idea. And it is truly happening. And you can say that it's a dog whistle and that it's not happening. But just if you're in California or Los Angeles right now, listening, just drive two hours south to the border and just sit there for a little while and look at what's happening or talk to a border agent about what's happening or just look at the news sources that are covering this influx of illegal immigration. And you let me know what the plan is there, because it's certainly not us all living kumbaya in this country and getting people documented and making sure we're taking care of the children that come past the border. I Honestly, Taylor, do you can you think of a valid leftist argument for why this is happening?
1: No, I mean, it's all just like a giant effort to to reframe the conversation and castigate you as a racist. If you don't want to support their policies, which their policies are clearly designed to benefit them in right. uh, at the voting booth. Um but if you just want to call them out for that and um illuminate the truth about the matter then they suddenly are racist
0: yep exactly uh, everything that just everything that i disagree with or that i feel like threatens my position on something is racist it's white supremacist that's all it is and that's all you will ever hear so if you are a happy conservative listening right now and you constantly get that word thrown at you and you just don't know what to do with it You don't have to do anything with it the word means nothing anymore because everybody who disagrees with them is a white supremacist we're going to go over a clip that shows exactly that it's actually from msnbc but that'll be later in the show i cannot wait for you guys to see it it is just chef's kiss exactly what we talk about and theorize right in front of your eyes taking place now let's read on mr tucker's Uh, Mr. Uh, Carlson's producers often trawl the web for supporting material in the show's early years clips would sometimes be sent to the network's fact checkers who would occasionally discover that a story had actually originated from a farther afield on a racist or neo-nazi site like Stormfront so what did they say in, in the show's earlier years so what about now what about all the footage that they have now of their own operatives going out to the southern border and filming Migrants coming past. Or what about what about that Border Patrol agent who got drowned trying to help migrants that were trying to invade the country? What about that footage? What about those stories? Are they fake? Are they found on neo-Nazi sites or racist sites? What does that even mean anymore? Because apparently regular everyday conservatives are also neo-Nazis and racists. They would say that PragerU is a neo-Nazi racist website. So what does it mean that that's their source? It really means... Nothing. The word means nothing. And they have no evidence to back the things that they're saying. Let's move on to this next point that they make. He put Trumpism over Trump, they say. In the White House, Mr. Trump had a symbiotic relationship with Fox, watching, tweeting, talking frequently to the network's hosts. But that presented Mr. Carlson with a programming problem as his new show ascended to Fox Marquee 8 p.m. time slot. He's wanted. He wanted to reach the Trump base. He told friends and coworkers, but without being beholden to the mercurial president. The solution? Embrace Trumpism, not Mr. Trump. The show would grasp the emotional core of Mr. Trump's allure, white panic over the country's changing ethnic composition, while keeping a carefully measured distance from the president. Mr. Carlson sometimes even criticized the president. And in private, he mocked Mr. Trump's habit of phoning to uh, head off on air ac- attacks. Okay. Okay. So basically what you're saying here is Tucker Carlson wanted Trump's audience. And I love how they say they, he wanted Trump's audience. What does that mean? That means half of America. It doesn't mean Trump's audience. It means people, some of whom are classically liberal, some of whom are conservatives, and some of whom are on the far right, who happen to support the Republican candidate for president. That is all that means. They put Trump's name on that to have a connotation for you so that you immediately go, ew, ew. When really, that means half of America. That's who Tucker Carlson wanted watching his show. So it means nothing. And it even says here, he wanted to do so without being beholden to the president, which is exactly what you should do (laughs) if you are working in any field of journalism or news. You should go for the audience of the candidate without being beholden to the candidate and having to say, well, I love everything that he says. And I love everything that he does because I want to tap dance for his audience. So you're saying Tucker did the right thing?
1: (laughs) Yeah, there seems to be a suggestion here that he's somehow being disingenuous with his right. viewers and like performing for them to gin up their enthusiasm mm-hmm. because, oh, Trump got everyone excited. But Tucker is a known populist. He's re- he wrote a book called Chip of Fools that's like a basically a, a populist treatise on, on uh, conservative politics. And uh, so he's been at this for a long time. He's not being disingenuous. He's actually being authentic. And maybe New York Times, that's why people actually want to watch him, because he shoots straight and uh, says things as he sees it and doesn't masquerade as a paragon right. of journalists integrity, but just says, hey, no, I'm Tucker Carlson. Here's how I see things. Here's my opinions. And they happen to have overlap with uh, Trump's opinions as well, or a lot of what he, his platform was.
0: Yeah. Just imagine having uh, having any opinion that perhaps is in with Donald Trump. The horror, the horror. Do you want opinions that are in congruence with this current administration? <laughs> I mean, just look around, ladies and gentlemen, at where our country is. And then you tell me uh, where we were better off. And I don't care if you don't like mean tweets or a or, uh, crass uh, talk or whatever you want to call it. How are we doing right now, ladies and gentlemen? You Head over to the gas station and then come back to me. <laughs> and then come back to the comments and let me know how you're doing, how your pocket's doing. Uh, that was the
1: one good joke that Trevor Noah had this last weekend from the Correspondent Center. He said things are looking up yes. in the last few years. Uh, rent's <laughs> looking up, gas prices are <laughs> looking up, groceries are looking up.
0: It's true. So how do you feel the fact that, okay, so Trevor made the joke, right? Things are looking up, gas up, rent up, whatever. And our president laughed at that. How do you feel about the fact that he laughed at the joke? I know a lot of conservatives are like hopping on and being like, look, he's laughing at your despair and like your economy. How do you feel about that? I mean,
1: particular. you know that you know that meme where like you're you've got a smiling face, but the, it's like a mask, and then you're crying mm-hmm. underneath it. I feel like, what do you do in that situation? You're, right. like, you're getting roasted. Right. So you can either be like laugh along and be like, ah, oh, I play it off, or you know, but the optics of that are horrible because then you're like, right. yeah, isn't it funny that everyone's suffering under inflation and all the terrible things right. that are happening under my watch? Like, there's it's a lose lose, honestly. But I, yeah, that I would I'd rather err on the side of not laughing though.
0: Right, be- you would just been like. Yeah, just been like... Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, just like
1: I <laughs> I don't know what, you know. Sorry, yeah, guys. No,
0: it's definitely like, it was going to be a lose, lose, whatever. That clip was going to get out there and be run by all the networks, regardless yeah. of what you did, whether or not like, you laugh your ass off or you just like stay straight-faced and look at the camera or whatever. Either way, it's just like, it looks horrible. Yeah. Because I mean, the joke is true, ladies and gentlemen. Right, that's why you just take
1: the L and move on.
0: Yeah, you just take the L. <laughs> you just take the L. Let's read a little bit more here and then we'll move on to other stuff. I'll say goodbye to everybody on Instagram and on Prairie's YouTube in a second. Uh, Here we go. According to three former Fox employees, Mr. Carlson was among the network's most avid consumers of what are known as Minute by Minutes, ratings data on an audience's real-time ebb and flow. Quote, he's going to double down on the white nationalism because the Minute by Minutes show that the audience eats it up, end quote, said a former employee who worked frequently with Mr. Carlson. I love it when they like cite people and it's like, says somebody who was close to the situation. Said somebody who overheard the conversation in a Starbucks. Said somebody who's, luckily this is a former employee, so I will at least give them that. But I love when pieces of journalism just cite ridiculousness. And that did not used to be the case. We used to be very open about our sourcing and, and things like this, but we're in a new era. Network executives soon began applying the approach to the daytime news shows. They pitched it as a, quote, Moneyball" ball, end quote, for television. An audience first approach to decide what to cover and how to cover it. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine making a show and thinking about what the audience wants to see before you make the show? And catering to that audience? What a horrible, despicable human being that he looked at his ratings and said, you know what, people really like it when we talk about this subject and they're getting something new from me when I talk about this. Let's talk about this. What a what a crazy evil thing to do. And this whole employee quote about he wants to double down on white nationalism. I watched Tucker Carlson quite a bit, not as much as other people watch Tucker Carlson, but white nationalism is far from anything that he's talking about or discussing on his show. And I would hope I would know a little bit about that and how that would be because it would affect me really if tucker carlson was a white nationalist he probably wouldn't like me very much and i imagine if i met tucker carlson we'd probably be friends we'd probably hit it off not not as much as he hit it off with taylor apparently
1: (laughs) with me what do you mean
0: because you're a white man you know oh yeah naturally yeah naturally tucker is gonna love you a lot more than he loves me yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, all the white men with horrible ideas, I'm sure he gets along with just as well. He never calls out anyone he disagrees with who happens to be a white man.
0: Right. He loves Jeff Bezos. He loves Mark Zuckerberg. He loves Bill Gates because they're just white men. And it's all about advancing whiteness in America. It's all about that white nationalism. It couldn't be that a woman, a black woman like me, could share the same values as Tucker and he would like me. No, I think Tucker would walk right up to me and said he would say that's great. But if only you were a white man. <laughs> this article is just ridiculous. I urge you guys to go and read the rest of it. I mean, you don't have to. I Maybe we shouldn't give them yeah. higher ratings on these things. But if you just want to laugh and you want a little bit of comedic relief in your day, you can go and read this New York Times article about Tucker Carlson. And my final bit of commentary on this is I actually think it's brilliant when publications like the New York Times make stories like this because it is so far removed from what you are actually seeing in front of your very eyes, when you watch Fox News, when you listen to Tucker Carlson. It is a complete and utter lie, everything that's written in this article. And then you watch it for yourself and you go, wait a second, why would somebody lie to me like this? And they're just continuously exposing themselves day after day. They're tripping over themselves to show how ridiculous they are. So I applaud it. I I love to see it happen. We talked about a New York Times article on Fox about them writing that conservatism is only in right now because it's chic and being a leftist is so passe and all of this stuff that uh you know conservatives wear their their high class uh their their modest crosses on their neck and like some crazy dumb just babble for just being thrown out into the ether about how conservatism is the new chic it's the new cool kid no no We're really not concerned at all with being cool. We're concerned about being comfortable in the country that we live in, exercising our freedoms, having liberty, you know, upholding the values that our country was founded on. We couldn't care less if we were cool. We just happen to be.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it seems they're just in such an elitist echo chamber and they're all... Are there. You know, it's funny that they, are, it's projection at its finest, because they are uh, accusing Tucker of being disingenuous with his journalism, when mm-hmm. in reality, they're the ones who manufacture these narratives and try to impose them on the world. And then t- people like Tucker are the ones who hold them accountable and say, hey, right. no, you the guys, these are these narratives that you're putting out are full of holes. The stuff you say about COVID, the stuff you say about BLM, the stuff you say about uh, to big tech and censorship, they're all full of holes, full of lies. They violate our first principles. And so they just Give light to those things, and then the, instead of actually respond, you know, this article didn't respond to any uh, evidence or mm-hmm. any specific arguments that Tucker made or anything that that he's put on his platform. Uh, they're they're just reframing it and saying, oh no, he's just catering to his audience disingenuously. No, you're catering to your elitist audience, and uh, it's your journalism is completely disingenuous because you masquerade as right. objective journalists who are paragraphs of journalistic integrity, and in reality, uh, you're shills for all, <laughs> all of this, all these woke causes and these woke. Ra- far-left ideology. And that's precisely why you're more dangerous, because you're burying truth and burying our first principles and making everything worse and making everyone distrust institutions. I wish the New York Times had integrity. I wish we had journalistic outlets that we could trust, but because we don't, because you didn't do your job, New York Times, Tucker has to step in and call you out. And, you know, I'm sorry you don't like that, but it's going to keep happening, and articles like this are not going to help your cause and restore anyone's confidence in your journalism.
0: Yeah, we would love to not have to do this. and You know how how much happier life is when you don't have to worry about people destroying your society all the time it's pretty great if all these if all these problems went away tomorrow guess what i would not be doing social media influencing that's not what i would be spending my time doing however our culture is just shape-shifting and morphing into a dumpster fire right in front of our eyes because of people like cnn msnbc and and new york times and you can't allow that to happen because guess what i want to live a fruitful life where i'm able to have a family and i don't know go to the grocery store and get food have you guys heard about this food shortage stuff yeah no somebody has to do something about it and uh yeah i wish new york times had integrity as well speaking of integrity let's listen to this msnbc clip talking about America's asymmetric polarization. And he says what the right represents and what the left represents. Let's find out from MSNBC what that means.
1: I mean, it's easy in American discourse to talk simplistically
0: about the far left and the far right as two equally dangerous fringe blocks. Elon Musk has done it plenty of times just in the past week. But here's the difference. America's far left
2: wants to give us free health care and free childcare. America's far right wants to give us white supremacy and no democracy. And this asymmetrical polarization of U.S. politics would be laughable if it weren't so horrifying.
0: <laughs> okay, America's far left wants to give you free health care and free child care. That, that's what sums up leftism in America today, according to this MSNBC host. The far right wants to give you what? White supremacy. I don't want to hear exactly. Supremacy
1: and no democracy.
0: White supremacy and no democracy. I am speechless. I am speechless. That this is representative of American media. Imagine being from another country right now and being like. I want to check out what's happening in America and just like watch their news for a second and see if they, see what their country's like because they hear so much about America and you hear this guy saying the far left represents free healthcare and free childcare and the far right represents white supremacy and no democracy. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like at least try to be semi in good faith when you make an argument about a side that you express opposition towards. And that's the issue. It's one of the things. That we talk about when we talk about comedy and comedy dying and all of this stuff, that comedy used to be so good and SNL even used to be so good, they would make fun of all these different politicians, but it was funny because they had just an air of respect for the people that they were making fun of, even if they disagreed with them. There's no respect There's no understanding of why you might have a dissident opinion to whatever legacy media believes. There's no understanding that maybe your life experiences and your values are different from theirs and that that could be something that's reasonable. No, you're immediately a white supremacist. You're immediately a threat to democracy, which blows my mind because if you're following Twitter and this whole Elon Musk thing right now, Elon bought twitter to instill an air of democracy in the app and on the platform where people can actually say what they believe without this threat of being censored and deplatformed and having their livelihoods ruined on the app yet conservatives are the ones who are a threat to democracy we saw the leftists come out and say how dare he buy twitter another billionaire buying a platform to what instill free speech and that's your problem that's your problem that you don't want to hear people that disagree with you be able to speak is that is that emblematic of democracy because if so I need to go back to civics class because I did not learn that.
1: Yep, free speech is a threat to democracy but <laughs> biology is hate speech apparently.
0: Right. Biology is hate speech, free speech is a threat to democracy. Good is bad, bad is good, up is down, left is right. And you're all evil if you disagree with anything that I just said. That's essentially what we've just gleaned from what we've heard from this MSNBC host. And he's still, I, I can't imagine anybody's watching this show, but apparently there, there are people watching this show and this is what they're learning from these programs. So let's let's really attack this idea really quick. All the left wants is free health care and free child care. Okay. I'll posit that those two things actually are on the list of political asks from the left. Okay, free healthcare, free childcare. I'll give you that. That's on your base. What's also on your base is uh educating kids about sexuality and gender theory in schools. Doing the very same with critical race theory, not just in schools, in all of our institutions in high school, middle school, kindergarten, colleges, uh, your different organizations, your corporations, legacy media, social media. You are actively pushing this ideology onto them. You are starting a, a race war in America essentially by refusing, refusing to accept the idea that, hey, systemic racism really doesn't exist anymore, causing record rates of inflation with progressive policy and refusing to make our country energy independent and hurting everybody at the gas tank, at the grocery store, at their jobs, in the workforce. And it's just free health care and free childcare. This entire COVID narrative that we've had to deal with for the past two years with all of these lockdowns, with you pitting people against each other for not receiving a medical treatment that you are allowing massive big pharma corporations to make billions and billions of dollars from, not to mention the entire globalist agenda attached to the World Economic Forum and this whole, y- you will own nothing and be very happy. That's not a right wing. It's not a right wing view. That's a leftist view, but it's just free health care. And it's just free childcare. Ladies and gentlemen Not to mention Being beholden To the establishment government Establishment media These establishment corporations Whereas the left Was never like that before The left used to be Pro-skepticism Now it's if you are a Skeptic on anything You are a liar You are a white supremacist And you don't deserve speech But it's just Free healthcare And free childcare That's all we want I can guarantee you Tomorrow if we woke up And as a nation Decided that everybody Was going to have Free healthcare And free childcare Even the hundreds of thousands Of illegal immigrants that you just let into this country on a whim guess what the left would do they would continue they would continue with all the things that they're doing right now and that list that i just mentioned is nowhere near the slew of things the slew of agendas that they are working on day in and day out in this country that is causing destabilization like we've never seen before but it's just free health care and free childcare, according to this guy and i'm a white supremacist can you Imagine that. It's a new day and a new dawn. You truly can be anything in America because I am a half-black woman sitting in front of you right now being called a white supremacist.
1: This is... I don't know what to say. It's hate speech.
0: (laughs) It is. (laughs)
1: Misinformation.
0: This almost made me speechless. If I wasn't able to just get my footing right there to throw all those things (laughs) at you, this almost made me speechless. like we often
1: say, it's the confidence for me too. Like the fact that you're saying this unironically is pretty... Uh, rich.
0: He said this with a straight face. There was no laughter. There was no spit take afterwards. There was no little giggle or off look to somebody behind the camera holding a gun to your head. He said this on his own volition. He truly believes it.
1: The right's the biggest threat to democracy. And if you disagree, we're going to ban you from speaking ever again <laughs> yeah. and cut you off all the platforms and take away your yeah, speech.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The right is the <laughs> biggest threat to democracy. Also, you shouldn't have to have an ID card to vote in the United States. <laughs> But they're the biggest threat to democracy. (laughs) Unbelievable. On that note, we're going to say bye to everybody who's watching on Instagram and on PragerU's YouTube. Go to my YouTube channel, I'm Unapologetic. Link in bio for you guys. Link in description for you guys. And you can watch the rest of the show there. We have more very interesting clips to show you and to give our analysis on as we move through this idea of who has or who poses a bigger threat to democracy. So bye to you all. I will see you later. Perfect. Now let's move on here. Here's another clip. We got this same MSNBC host. I think his name is Mendy. Uh here is him talking talking more for some reason.
2: She came on this show a few days ago and she said to me, "He's complex. Don't mock him. You know, he's actually a
0: smart guy. It's we shouldn't just dismiss him as a simpleton. But I, every day I get more evidence that he's a simpleton, or is it, or our right wing is just taking advantage of him?" So I every day you get more of an idea that the richest man in, in human history is a simpleton and that he can be taken advantage of okay
2: let's, let's do you think he is being courted very hard by this far-right fringe and you see it you see joe rogan and those types are working very hard to sort of charm him he does how exactly do you
0: court the man who has the most money in the entire world how exactly do you court that man? Is it like a, a nice bottle of wine? Is that what gets him to buy a Twitter platform for you? Is it patting him on the head and going, You're such a good boy, Elon? You're such a good boy. You love free speech, such a good boy. <laughs> Is that how you court a billionaire? I don't
1: know. And do the fact know? that they can characterize. The world's richest man, who has voted Democrat his whole life, even through Obama, right, and uh, the world's arguably most influential media figure, in Joe Rogan, who is openly supported Bernie Sanders in the last election, and they're saying they're far right. Yeah, that's how crazy they are. It's right. like if you disagree with our narrative, we just—they have no like ability to uh, think and use their prefrontal cortex to engage in in serious arguments, and it's just oh, you disagree with me? You're you're far right. It's mm-hmm. like it's so la- intellectually lazy, and the fact that these are our elites that are supposed to be the most intelligent people in the country and in our culture that are governing our discourse and instead it's just they're calling elon musk and joe rogan far right how and with a straight face it's like do you think we're stupid and yes the answer is yes they think we're stupid
0: they really do think you're stupid me a former leftist who went oh you know i don't agree with these social issues anymore and what you're saying i'm a far-right extremist now russell brand a man who is very much talking about socialism and now he doesn't he doesn't really vibe with this capitalist society that we're living in currently he's a far-right extremist according according to the independent it's unbelievable. And they will just lump you in to, to this category just to simply be able to brush off the
2: things that you're saying without having to acknowledge them. Let's hear more. He does seem to be a person who likes it when people are nice to him, right? So he's quite upset with the left because he has all these labor problems. He has, uh, you know, a lot of workers complaining about racism and sexism, terrible uh, sexual harassment complaints and racism complaints in the factories oh my
0: God. grasping grasping at straws grabbing sh- grasping at straws i wonder why
2: he would have an employment problem is it maybe because of progressive policy so and there's a que- you know there's a i think there's a real move to try to unionize that's all stuff he doesn't like um i think he's a person who likes to be liked and that's really what it is and these guys are working real hard to make him their friend the other thing i would say If Elon
0: Musk was a person who liked to be liked, he would have bought Twitter for $44 billion and said, anybody who disagrees with me, you're taken off the platform. I'm censoring you. I'm deplatforming you. And you will not be able to say a word on Twitter. You must represent my views and nothing more than that. And if you represent something dissident, you're out. That's what somebody who wants to be liked does, i.e. Bill Gates, i.e. Mark Zuckerberg, i.e. Jeff Bezos. They surround themselves with people who like exactly what they have to say and pat them on their little balding head for all the things that they say. And anybody who disagrees with them, they just treat them like garbage and. Pay them nothing. <laughs>
1: and, yeah, and by the way, that's also what fascist far right dictators do: is silence their uh, dissenters. And Elon Musk is literally trying to platform his dissenters and platform everybody who has been a dissenter. And yet they characterize he's the far right fascist. Right. It's it's so disingenuous that it's like it's amazing that they can even go out there and say this with a straight face.
0: It is amazing to me the audacity. It's the confidence. Oh, by the for way, me. in
1: a con- in a comment, someone mm-hmm. said uh, that Molly Jong Fast here is. 43? Does that this is like the Brian Stelter effect. Like I, this he's 35. is the Brian
0: Stelter effect. Like
1: left- leftism ages you, I guess. Be- it does. Because it's so you're so stressed out about everything. You
0: are stressed out. You're like the world is going to end. The fascists are coming for me. They're hiding underneath my bed. Everything is the worst. Everything is sexism and racism. And I'm, golly be that must- And it's
1: all up to my activism to, you right. know, to stop the, the, the rise of fascism. <laughs> I have to go censor all the fascists do, because anyone who disagrees with me is a fascist and they must be censored. But I'm yeah. not a fascist for censoring people that I disagree
0: with. I imagine that would make Make the hair gray a little bit
1: i guess so you Make know the, the weight of the world down. on your shoulders it's somebody's got to do it
2: y'all seen bill gates about him and with all these guys and you see this also with bill maher you know so much complaining oh you know everyone's so white so woke they don't let me tell my jokes but you know old rich white men have for since the beginning of time complained about young people is Elon
0: Musk an old rich white man? Is that what he is he now in the category of being old?
1: I mean, this is one to talk.
0: <laughs> yeah, Luke, <laughs> what? You're, again, grasping at straws. He's not an old rich white man. He's just a rich white man. <laughs> uh, and Bill Maher, are we, now, are we now lumping in Elon Musk and Bill Maher as far right men? If we are, please, I hope she says that Bill Maher is on
2: the far right. I would love to hear it. Love to hear that. Like, this is not new, you know? You're old, you're rich, white, you get everything. Of course you're threatened by young people. Of course you're mad. Of course you don't like their beliefs. I mean, think about the 1960s. Like, this is not some new phenomenon. Old, rich, white men are always very threatened by young people. So as much as I understand it, I think the fault in some ways is on the mainstream media for reporting this incredulously and not saying like, This is a rich guy who doesn't want his factory unionized.
0: They have to just like find something that they can nitpick and talk about in order to justify the fact that they don't want you to be able to speak and to come after Bill Maher and Elon Musk and say, well, they just don't want they don't want young young people talking. They don't want young people coming out against them who are two men who are so adamant about the fact that they are pro free speech and free speech absolutists. And they don't want people to be able to speak. They don't want the younger generation to be successful. Elon Musk, who was held up on a pedestal by the political left for all the movement he did for environmentalism in this country and all the money that he donated for climate change, suddenly because he thinks people should be able to speak, he's ousted by the leftist community and they don't want to hear from him. So if he wanted to be liked, I think he would just go along with everything that he was doing before And just stay in the pocket of the political left. And and they could, you know, cheer him on and say, yes, another billionaire on our side. Because we hate rich, white, old men. Unless they're Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, or Bill Gates. We hate them. They're the worst. But not our billionaires. Don't look at them. Don't look at them. (laughs) I know they just gave CNN $300 million. I know Bill Gates just did that for us. And he bought up all this farmland and all this stuff. But we're so pro-environment. But don't look at those old old, rich, white men. Uh, We we don't know them. Mm Mm-hmm. You know them. You love them. You love George Soros. (laughs) So it's all about the agenda that you uphold. She's not talking about any of those old rich white men and how they're affecting our society with their billions and billions of dollars. But she cares so much about Elon Musk because suddenly she doesn't get to live in an echo chamber anymore that just espouses her views and then throws them right back at her like a boomerang. She doesn't get that anymore. And I think that's the that's as far as I'm going to go talking about that. We have one last tweet here that I just wanted to show you guys from <laughs> your wonderful uh, Rachel Levine, the paragon of health in American society. Your transgender health health secretary <laughs> oh, Lord. tweets out gender affirming care is medical care. It is mental health care. It is suicide prevention care. It pr- improves quality of life and it saves lives. It is based on decades of studies. It is well established medical practice. Does Rachel Levine have a profile pic? Yep. Secretary of Health. Secretary of Health and Mental fortitude, ladies and gentlemen. This this man knows exactly what you should be doing with your body when it comes to medical transformations and I can't wait till you guys hear Uh, the new special that we are going to put out on our show. Every month, we're going to put out an unapologetic special for you, an episode where we do a deep dive into a topic. This next one is about transgenderism, specifically as it pertains to children, because Rachel Levine, whatever his real name is, is going to tell you that medical affirmation going through this treatment is the way to go with young people, as you just saw in this tweet. Absolutely not. And they are trying to convince you that this is healthy. This person, who you're looking at in this profile pic, is trying to tell you that this is healthy Bill Gates, and you can look up a picture of Bill Gates and what he looks like right now is trying to advise you about medicine and health and how to lead your life I don't know why there's not a physical fitness test for the people who sit in these positions because that would root out a lot of this BS and a lot of this wokeness if we just did that before we allowed somebody to be the secretary of health
1: it's uncanny. Like, you see all of these health ministers, like uh, L.A.'s Barbara Ferrar, mm-hmm. li- literally looks like a zombie, and so many of these, like, COVID misers who want to make sure you're quadruple jabbed, but they weigh, like, 500 pounds, yeah. and they won't Dude. be honest about the fact that 75% of the COVID deaths were from people who are obese. like... They're, it's it's uncanny how they can just, again, it's the confidence for me. They can yes. look at you straight in the face and lie to you. And I think, you know, we've talked about this a little bit, but I think they've overstepped their bounds and uh, the narrative's crumbling. And I do think that people are just not going to put up with all of these disingenuous actors. Uh, just lying with to us with a straight face for much longer.
0: Yeah, and just like how much cognitive dissonance do you have to be able to withstand to not see mm-hmm. what is happening right in front of your eyes anymore? And I'm, I'm hoping we are at the tail end of this. We always say the pendulum swings back. I would love to say that today is no exception, that what's happening right now is no exception for that rule and that, yes, average normal people who are seeing this and are maybe not super outspoken about it, but they still see it. They know it's happening. They know they disagree with it. And when it's their time to voice their opinion, whether that's through what they pay for, what they buy, how they vote, uh, how they where they live, which we're seeing a a massive influx of people going into like Texas, Idaho, Nashville, Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee, um, uh, really all over Tennessee, Florida. uh, People are placing their vote and placing their stake in things that they care about, and they are vo- vocalizing their opinions through what they do, even though we might not be seeing it on, on places like social media and legacy media. The people are there, and they feel this. They see this. They know it's not right, and I think our the tide is turning, and things are going to shift because if this is our Secretary of Health, something is wrong with our country, and I can't imagine that we are the only people who see that. I can't imagine that you folks watching right now are the only people who See that. And I want to mention on today's show, we did... A podcast about a trans TikToker. Don't even need to name the name anymore. You probably, you guys probably know with all the drama that's happening after that. Uh, and a lot of leftists have decided to go in and put reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, all that fun stuff. So we ask that you do the same in return. Please go to Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review because we know there's a lot of you out here who love this show, who want to see conservative values upheld in our society. And we would love if our podcast got recommended to people on Spotify. And I think what would help that is our ratings. I think they got us down to like a 3.2 stars on Spotify just by going and doing what they do best, spouting nonsense in the comments and leaving BS reviews. So, if you guys could go and leave a message of support, that would be fantastic. I will continue to post their irrational and hate filled messages on my Instagram story if you guys want to go and check out and get your daily dose of insanity from me. I'm also doing a Q&A on my Instagram as well at the theamalepinobi. Go follow me taylor trandle go follow him you know you gotta you gotta get for base tweets and memes you know exactly taylor has the best tweets better tweets than i will ever make in my lifetime so go and follow taylor on twitter as well and me on twitter as well to get subpar tweets in comparison to taylor's (laughs) (laughs) uh thank you guys so much for watching we will be back tomorrow at 3 p.m pacific 6 p.m eastern i can't wait to see i can't wait to hear from you let me know in the comments down below How do you feel about Tucker Carlson? Are you a fan? And also, who's the bigger threat to democracy? The far left, the far right, or is it both? Both of them. All in tandem, working together in an effort to destroy our great nation. Let me know in the comments down below. Can't wait to see you guys tomorrow. See you then. Bye.